Having a baby doesn't have to mean feeling petrified or enduring hours of labour pain. My name's Sophia Hansen and I'm on a mission to help you feel calm and relaxed in pregnancy and labour because that's what helps you have a better birth. Check out sophiahansen.com to see what I can do for you. Joined here today by Bryony and baby Edwin, who is currently chasing the tassels of his very cute red and blue trousers. Can you grab those? <laughs> no, I'm going to go for Mr. Fox and tap my legs. So all lovely. So Bryony, you did hypnobirthing with me last summer and birth preparation, getting ready for Edwin's arrival, which happened in <laughs> August of last year. So he's uh, already amazing at what he's capable of doing so far. Just talk us through your birth story from the kind of first couple of twinges that you remember. Just talk us through the, the whole lot and I won't interrupt as much okay. as possible. <laughs> First of all, I should probably say that I was, according to the doctors, I was, uh, to the midwives, I was five days over my due date. But if we had stuck with what we thought was originally our due date, I was one day before my due date when he actually arrived. So we had a midwife appointment on the Wednesday and they said to me, would I, would I like any kind of intervention at that point? Because... I, I really wanted to have a, a birth-centred birth. I knew that they were going to start to ask me if I wanted any, any interventions or any assistance. Mentally, I, I was trying to prepare myself for if they asked me if I wanted anything. And I actually remember them saying, do you want us to do anything? And I said, well, no, because I'm pretty sure my baby knows when to come and he's going to come when he's ready. And I don't know whether at that point I was mentally like thinking he's going to come tomorrow or anything like that but then at the same time I was aware in the back of my mind that if we got to the following week so they booked me in for an appointment the following Wednesday if we got to that Wednesday I wouldn't be able to have my baby in the birth centre as I had wanted it was kind of that bittersweet I knew that this was what I wanted I knew I wanted my baby to come naturally but I also knew that if he didn't come soon then there'd be a lot more things kind of out of my control happening in terms of intervention or in terms of the birth that I wanted, it wouldn't quite be hard planned. So I um, went home that evening and I don't know whether subconsciously I was giving him a little kick up the, the bum, sort of saying, right, OK, you need to come in the next couple of days. But also, Anthony had been saying to me that the baby needed to arrive either on a Thursday or Friday, because then he could sneak an extra day or two off work. <laughs> um, which it didn't, it didn't work out that way, because he, um, he had to have an extra day booked off as holiday, because... Edwin ended up coming on Friday. Our midwife appointment was at about half past eight at the birth centre. So we got home probably about half nine, ten o'clock by the time we'd faffed around with things. And I woke up the next morning and I have never had a baby before, so I wasn't entirely sure whether I was having surges or whether it was just little twinges or I was just getting uncomfortable because the bump was getting bigger. But I thought, I'll just I'll just do a little timer. So uh, I looked at my timer the other day, and I think the first one was around about 9 o'clock in the morning. And they were happening throughout the day, but I was just a bit like, oh, well, it could be something, it could not be. Just didn't think much of them. Anthony came home from work that evening and said, I think I've been having some surges, I'm not entirely sure. It was just to see how we get on, and we uh, you know, had tea, we watched some Game of Thrones... 
And then about, I think we might have rung the, the birth centre at like half eleven or something. So we, we think we're having some, I think we might have said contractions on the phone to them. I think we're having some contractions, but we're not entirely sure. And the lady sort of asked me, the midwife asked me how I felt. I was like, yeah, I feel okay. Not bothering me too much. But they are coming fairly regularly, but not too regularly. And she said, right, well, you're very welcome to come in and see us if you want to. Or you can stay home as long as you want. And I said, well, they're not bothering me at the moment. So what we might do is just, we'll, we'll watch a couple more episodes of Game of Thrones. See if we can get to the end of the season. And then we'll see how we're feeling then. So the end of the season took us to about half past two, three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and then we rang the birth centre again and we were like, we're just going to come in and just for a bit of reassurance and check that everything's okay. And when we got in, we were about half a centimetre dilated, so it was a little bit of an anticlimax because I was definitely having contractions at this point. They were great. They said, you know, you can stay here or you can go home. But by the time they'd done all these checks, it had got to about five in the morning and... They said it may be a case that if you go home now, you'll be trying to get back in at rush hour. So they advised and they said, you can do what you want, but we advise that you might want to stay here, try and get some sleep. And then if nothing's happening, just go home and then come back in when it all feels like it's coming a little bit more. So we stayed the morning. I didn't sleep at all. It was really hot. It was bank holiday weekend, so it was really warm. But Anthony managed to get some sleep. And then I think they came around about nine o'clock-ish and checked, checked so everything was okay. And then left it to us to say, sort of say, have a little chat, decide what you want to do. And we decided we'll go home because we didn't really want to just sit in a room waiting to see what wasn't going to happen. So we went home and we, we were getting into the lift at the same time as a couple who were leaving with their baby. <laughs> You were leaving with yours too, just still inside. <laughs> yeah, just still inside. <laughs> so it was kind of a bit of an anticlimax. We felt, well, I felt a bit upset about the fact we were having to go home, but you know, just I just tried to kind of crack on with the day. We went home and put our feet up on, on the sofa and just stayed in the living room. Well, that was it though. We were leaving, we were walking out just as a midwife that we'd had an appointment with a couple of weeks ago was walking. Out. And she said hello, said good morning. And Anthony said, oh, we might see you later on if things kick off. You know, that was it. We got back in the car and went home. I think we got home about half past ten. And Anthony made me some toast. Went for a high energy toast, peanut butter. And I think we had bananas or something as well. But I didn't really feel like eating very much because there was lots going on with my body that was all new to me. And... He went back to sleep and I just sort of lay on the sofa trying to rest as much as possible. This was on the Friday now, so half twelve, I just felt the sudden urge to get up and go to the bathroom because everything felt like it was kicking off a little bit more. So my waters broke and my mucus plug went and it was all, all of a sudden a lot more powerful than it had been before. And... I just said to Anne, I think now we might need to go to the birth centre. So we rang the birth centre again, and they always say they want to speak to the woman who's actually in labour. I didn't really feel like I wanted to talk to anyone at this point, but they were insistent that they wanted to talk to me. They asked me how I was. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. 
amazing how polite you are. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I feel great. <laughs> and they said, do you, do you want to come in and see us? I was like, yes, please. I think that might be best. So <laughs> got off the phone. They said that they'd be ready for us when we got there. And the hilarious thing is I was all very polite on the phone and then hung up and then about a minute later, I was saying to Anne, he was going, right, come on, let's get in the car. <laughs> I think like, I can't get in the car. The baby's coming here. The baby's going to arrive in the bathroom. Get, I'm, I'm giving birth here in the bathroom. He's like, you're not. You're not giving birth in the bathroom. Bearing in mind, we've moved into <laughs> about, about two, three months before. He finally got me downstairs. Didn't put my shoes on because that felt like too much hassle, too much to try and figure out at that point. And we drove to the birth centre, but... A drive that had taken us <laughs> about 40 minutes every other time. It took us over an hour because it was Leeds Festival. So we were in the festival traffic. I mean, I had my eyes closed for the majority of the journey. I think, I don't know if Anthony tried to put a CD on or anything, but I think I just wanted it to be quiet because I wanted to just focus on on what was going on with me and I know that he said it was quite a long journey I think for him it felt a lot longer because he was feeling the pressure to Mm. get me into the birth centre and obviously he was very aware of the traffic and being stuck in the traffic but also wanting to get there quickly but drive safely and me making all sorts of noises and breathing next to him was probably putting him a bit more on edge that's where the hypnobirthing probably was great for him as well, to just calm him down in the situation. He'd be desperate to get the MP3s on. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Have to wait until he got there. I, I think I was very much just in my... Bubble. Yeah, and it sounds silly to say in my own head, because that makes you sound like you're quite blinkered, mm. but actually I was very focused, rather than being, like, shutting down. It was quite... I was quite open to what I was thinking. I have a friend who also had done hypnobirthing, um, when she had her baby and she had for the last sort of month been sending me affirmations and quite a lot of them were ones that we had worked with and I remember probably about three four days before Edwin was born I'd written down the affirmations that I actually quite liked I'd written them in a little notebook and so I had these affirmations going round in my head and it's hard to remember which way round it was whether it was when the the surges were happening or whether it was in in the kind of gaps between I had these affirmations going through my head so it's not pain it's power was the one that she sent me that very morning every surge brings you closer to meeting your baby hard to talk when you're jumping on me (laughs) (laughs) it was that thing of like my my baby and my body both know what to do (laughs) so just being aware that it was a natural thing that was happening. They both knew what they were doing, working together as a team. And we, even though we were in the traffic, I was kind of in a different place mentally, even if we were physically there. We got through the traffic. Thankfully, at the junction we had to come off, there was a, quite a long sort of slip road that we could exit at, which was quite good. And then before I knew it, we were parked up at the birth centre. Well, at the hospital, because the birth centre's inside Huddersfield Hospital. I have to say that the walk from the car to the birth centre was possibly the longest walk I've ever done in my Mm. life. So I had no shoes on. We decided we were going to leave some of the things that we brought in the car, but carrying things in and 
then when the surges were coming, we'd have to stop and put everything down, and Alan would give me a big hug, and we'd breathe our way through it. And then I think I was trying to get moving as much as possible between the surges, be like, right, okay, come on, let's get to the birth centre. And then I would have to just, like, have a little pause every time the surge came. But I think it must have taken about 20 minutes for us to get across the car park. Got in about 2 o'clock, I think, into the birth centre. And we'd been there earlier on in the morning and they'd said, you know, it's not very far along to then come and arrive back. And when they checked, I was seven and a half centimetres, seven centimetres, seven and a half. In my mind, quite positive to have that information. We told, right, well, it's all moved along quite a lot. And then I was very much focused on what was going on with my body the whole time that we were there. The birth centre were great because they stuck with my birth plan other than I'd said I didn't want any medical students in there and when it came down to it I didn't care who was in there particularly I just didn't want I didn't want about 10 people in there all at once I kind of wanted to keep it minimal if possible it ended up just being one student midwife that was in with us and she was great as well and other than that they they stuck to our birth plan and it was actually the midwife who we bumped into her walking <laughs> nice. out. She was walking in and then it ended up being her that was our main midwife for the birth. So we were there for about an hour, I think, uh, in, in the room that we were giving birth in. So I was just kind of on the floor, moving around a little bit. And then I think I turned to Anthony and said, I'm going to get in the pool. <laughs> just obviously knew that I wanted to get in at that point and I was ready to be in the pool, so... He asked if they could fill up the pool. They filled the pool and I was in the pool for probably about an hour. And And then they said to me, the baby might be coming quite soon. So his head's probably going to come out soon. And once his head's out, then his body will follow and then he'll come up to you. And I was like, okay. So I had that very much in mind. It didn't quite go like that. The head came out and the rest of the baby came straight out afterwards. (laughs) So he came up a lot um, sooner than I thought and they'd said you know when he does come up he'll swim up to you and you just need to catch him and they thought I might have had maybe a couple more surges before he came up but actually he came straight out and Anthony said they just kept on saying to me catch him catch your baby just catch your baby grab hold of him keep hold of him because <laughs> I think I was a little bit in shock it was quite an odd sensation because my sense of time really shifted mm. I thought I'd been at the birth centre for about six hours and in my head I was mentally preparing myself for the the shift of them saying right we're going to have to think about moving you somewhere else because it like things aren't progressing and I kept on hearing I didn't hear people saying anything but I kept on hearing like whispered or quiet voices I mean on my birth plan I'd said I didn't want people to be particularly loud and I wanted them to kind of respect the fact that I wanted it to be quite quiet and calm but reflecting now back on the the experience it was probably that the midwife was telling the student midwife what was actually happening or they were discussing with other midwives outside what was going on but in my head I thought they were making plans to get an ambulance sorted send me over to Halifax and all these things that I, I I thought I didn't particularly want to happen, but I at that point I was going, right, well, I've got to get my head around the fact that this is going to happen and that's still okay. So in between the surges, this this was my kind of 
This is what I, I was thinking in those quiet, quiet moments when Edwin did come up and arrive and they looked at the clock and they said, birth time, 4.02. I don't know if they said 4.02 or 16.02, but I thought to myself, oh, it's been like 24 hours, <laughs> over 24 hours, and it had actually been two hours that we'd been in the birth centre. So, yeah, it's amazing how much my perception of time had changed and also... I don't know how it looked from the outside, but I felt very much like I I kind of could slow down and think about things and have the time to think in between mm. all the, the chaos <laughs> that was going on. It wasn't actual chaos, but it may have seemed like chaos to someone from the outside. And I, I could have all these really quite intricate and complicated scenarios running through my head and trying to, like put that hypnobirthing practice into the fact that I was like, right, well, I'll have to just mentally prepare for the next version of events of how this is going to unfold. In the end, it actually went exactly how I'd planned and how I'd wanted. And I remember one of the midwives who'd been there. So she wasn't the midwife that was with us during the birth, but she chatted to us that morning before we'd left and gone back home without the baby in his car seat. And she came in to chat to me. And they were great. They were they were really enthusiastic and they were really friendly. And she came in to say, oh, I'm finishing my shift, so I'm, I'm going home now. But it was really nice to meet you and congratulations. And I said, oh, thank you very much. Thank you for your, all your help. And she said, no, no, it was all you. You birthed your baby beautifully. And I just thought, oh, that's such a lovely thing to say. Aww. And it just really kind of, yeah, made my day. <laughs> and that's kind of stuck with me. So, yeah. That was his arrival. It wasn't overly dramatic other than Leeds Festival happening, but yeah, it was good. And one of the things that you mums always ask about is, what does a surge actually feel like? And it gets described <laughs> in so many ways, and ultimately everybody's surges are different. <laughs> but what would you say your surges felt like? It didn't feel, it didn't feel like pain. People fixate on pain and actually... It's like a vibration, I suppose. It was like, um, so I, I didn't say this before, but I was using a TENS machine in the car on the way in. And when my surges sort of shifted and went up a notch, I was using the TENS machine, we were in the car. My breathing went from, you know, trying to relax my breathing to actually, I think the, the phrase is like sort of humming the baby down. And so the hum is more of a vibrational thing. The... The TENS machine, the little shocks that the TENS machine gives you, they're all vibrational as well. And I felt like the the surges were a vibration as well. So it was kind of matching up these two different types of vibration with each other so that they were all kind of in harmony with what was going on with my body and with the external things that were going on as well. So you've got your own personal choir going on. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get everything to vibrate yeah. in sync. Exactly. It's... it's Oh, vibrational. <laughs> now, one of the early text messages that, that you sent to me with lots and lots of details, so then there was this, this one phrase, I feel like an empowered superwoman. Yeah. <laughs> tell, me about, tell me about that feeling. So I was very impressed with my body throughout the whole process. In fact, I'm amazed at, at the human body and what it can do. In fact, that women can grow these amazing human beings. And I'm just amazed that it managed to just all unfold and I remember thinking that I would 
well, I wasn't sure how my body, how I'd feel about my body having had a baby and there'd be no baby in there and the thought of being overweight and all these other things. And I remember just looking in the mirror just before I had a shower, after I'd given birth, and just thinking, my body is amazing and just in absolute awe of what I'd achieved, what it had done and what it will go on to do and what it's kind of done in the last sort of like six months since having um, Edwin. So it was kind of that that sense of real appreciation and awe really of what was achieved. Yeah, I'm a superhero, superwoman. I'm mean, just looking back here at one of your messages and you include, weirdly I had an ongoing visualisation of a cartoon alpaca in a field to make me smile between surges. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know whether it was because we were driving past lots of fields but there was and also having sorted out lots of baby clothes there was a baby grow that had little smiley alpacas on and Anthony loves alpacas and we've always talked about getting an alpaca or two because they're pack animals so we need to have at least two and this smiley alpaca was just keeping me going he was just just smiling so if I was like looking out at the field for a little bit I could then close my eyes imagine the alpaca in the field it sounds very bizarre and I'm not sure where it came from exactly but it it got me through (laughs) but it's helpful it's helpful that's the main thing and how would you say the hypnobirthing helped you on the day did you feel at any point that you had to really think what should I be doing now or was it quite automatic for you that it, it kicked in it was automatic I think it just had gone into my system and just absorbed it into me so it just came quite naturally it wasn't like I'd gone oh okay the baby's coming now right what do I need to do A, B, C it just all kicked in quite naturally and I think other than the moment when I was in the bathroom and the thought of having to then get to the birth centre saying to Anthony I can't can't do it we're having the baby here that element was kind of the moment where I was like not in the zone but once we kind of got in the car on the way I could focus on what was going on with me once we were in the birth centre it's kind of getting into the mindset it was a very it was a very powerful couple of days up until having had a baby I think my proudest moment was probably something like learning to drive it was like my biggest achievement and actually this is way bigger it's so different it's such an amazing experience. I think it kind of gets overlooked a little bit because people often focus on the negative experiences. And it's it's something that if people have a great time giving birth, then they feel a little bit guilty if someone else has, hasn't had a good time because they're saying, oh, well, I quite enjoyed this and that and the other. Even though there's all these hormones coursing through my body and all these things going on for me. I could appreciate that that's part of it, but I've said to Ant before, yeah, I actually quite enjoyed quite enjoyed giving birth. You want to do it all again? Um, yeah, like my, my sister says that to me as well. She said she'd love to give birth again, and I, I didn't quite understand that until I've done it myself and gone, actually, it's a very empowering thing to do, and it was made me very proud of myself and what my body and I can achieve. It's been great. <laughs> And as you said, you know, throughout the, the conversation there, overall, you gave birth on two paracetamol, some use of the TENS machine, and the rest really was your own, well, as a Pilates instructor, you've got lots of your own bodywork experience, but also the, the hypnobirthing in there. So yeah. to be able to have your birth plan go according to plan, 
and yeah. to have this lovely little boy. Hello. <laughs> Are you going to reach for the monkey? You want to reach for the microphone? <laughs> Maybe you have a future career in broadcasting. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and how would you say the hypnobirthing helped Ant on the day? I've never seen him so calm. Oh. I mean, there were moments where I'd look at his, look him in the eyes, and he looked a little bit like concerned because obviously there was a lot going on with me. But he was very much like he knew what his role was. He knew what he had to focus on during that time, and I think there were even elements where he was focusing on on his breathing and how he was he was getting through it. Some lovely techniques that he'd learnt. So like even just kind of giving my giving me like a little bit of tactile feedback on my shoulders and like a little just loving and affectionate things just to show that he was there and he was supporting me which was really great having done the the hypnobirthing together he then knew that i was i was focusing on what i needed to do rather than it being oh what what's she doing she's she's gone all quiet there's something wrong he knew that i was actually focusing on my body what was going through my mind and just doing it that way. I can't remember exactly what he was saying to people, but I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of, I was in the zone. He just kept on saying to people that I was really focused and I just kind of really focusing on it. It's good. And do you find yourself using any of the hypnobirthing techniques now in terms of if if Edwin's having a night, you've got four little teeth in there. So when he was teething, do you find yourself coming back to thought exchange or to deep breathing when he's having a few fabulous moments? Exercising your voice. Not necessarily the the Edwin stuff. I think the cloak of protection. Protection. I think that's quite an important one once you become a mum as well as when you're pregnant mm. because everybody has an opinion. And there's also so much that's changing with you and your body and your mindset and everything's so different that actually you've just got to sometimes ignore what everyone else is doing and trust your own instincts that you know that what you're doing is right. And I think the best advice I was given when I was pregnant was to ignore everyone else's advice. But actually, I think the cloak of protection is something that really kept me positive throughout the pregnancy and getting used to being a mum as well it's been quite useful that's my main thing so the final bit I was going to ask on your birth story is you touched upon it there is that if you've had a good positive birth story you can often feel a bit either reticent or a bit guilty about actually sharing it with other people because not everybody's had that experience you don't want to be the smug mum that nobody wants to talk to (laughs) well that's it I, I remember quite early on that I was um like after having Edwin I was out with quite a few mums and people were all kind of comparing stories comparing birth stories and a lot of people sort of joking about like the challenges that that experiences and the experience and the not necessarily negative things that had happened with them but like kind of saying oh yeah next time I'll just go straight for an epidural and things like that and I was just sat there going well maybe I'm still full of chock full of hormones but I enjoyed my birth and I'm very proud of the birth that I had and I didn't actually speak up really in that scenario because I was like well I don't I don't think people want to want me to kind of jump in with this um, story if they're all having this negative experience but it is so important because I know when I was pregnant I was fortunate that my mum and my sister had both had very positive births 
the fact that my mum, someone who said to me, yeah, I had three great births, I had three great experiences, and she, I think she had used Gastonair, and that was all she did in the whole of her births. The fact that she could say all of that to me made me think, well, if my mum can have a great birth time having having babies and giving birth, then I'm sure I can too. And then my sister was really positive in the fact that she'd said that she'd give birth again. <laughs> I was like, well, can't can't be all bad, can it? <laughs> we're, we're in this weird place in society where people like to focus on comparing negative stories and out-negative each other with their, their stories. So to come along and try to share positive stories doesn't always go down as well as the negative ones, which is such a shame. But we're changing those cycles now, talking yep. more and more about <laughs> I the know, that's it. I was like, that's why I'm, I'm happy to talk about um, about the birth and stuff. I think it's really important that people are sharing more positive experiences and then that can then be what's in the back of people's minds rather than a niggly negative. It might as well have some positives in the back there. Absolutely. And anything else you'd like to add about the very special day where Edwin joined us in this world? Yeah, there's nothing quite like it. Online, a friend who's just had her baby, it just, it makes you sort of like remember little things and relive it and think it's actually the most amazing and (laughs) (laughs) exciting thing. And I'm very, very proud and very happy with this little person. Are you ready to take control of the ways you can influence your birth for the better? Head over to sophiahanson.com and bag yourself a freebie. Calm and relax is the name of the game, no matter what type of birth you're planning. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a thing. Lots of love. Bye-bye for now.